Welcome everyone to the Ginger and Juice Podcast Sports Minute. This is your host Sean Whitaker here today. I'm here all by my lonesome. My co-host Jared couldn't make it, but I wanted to fit a podcast in real quick today on something that kind of is more of my thing than it is his, but uh, I just saw this as a great opportunity. So basically what this podcast is going to be about is the uh, soccer in general. It's a sports minute. And I'm going to kind of go through and do some predictions on the upcoming seasons in the four major leagues, which would be in Germany, in the Premier League, in Spain, and in Italy. But without further ado, I guess I will get right into it. So I think the naturally the first league to kind of review would be the uh, Premier League, and mainly because it's the most visible. And just as an update from last year, you had... Uh, Chelsea take home the league title in first, Tottenham come in second, Manchester City come in third, and Liverpool come in fourth. And with Arsenal and Manchester United rounding out the top six, but Manchester United did get a Champions League qualification by winning the UEFA Champ or Europa Cup, not the UEFA Champions League. But with that being said, uh, looking to next year, uh, I think there's been quite a few of additions uh, by Chelsea, Manchester City, Arsenal's added some people, Manchester United has added some people, and um, ultimately before I give you my predicted top four, I'm just going to kind of go through uh, what I like and what I don't like uh, with some teams so far. Um, my team personally is Arsenal. I like the moves they've made. I like the addition of Alexandra Lacazette up front. I think they need someone that's a little bit more prolific up front. I think that it's going to bode very, very well for them. He has over 116 goals in the past four years for a very mediocre Olympic Lyon squad in France. And I, a lot of people don't think he will be able to keep up with the competition and make the adjustment to the Premier League. I think that's a load of bull crap. I think he does really, really well. But I also think there's more things that Arsenal need to do if they want to creep back up in this top four. Uh, they need a right winger desperately. I don't know who's going to play out on that right wing. I don't like playing Welbeck out of position out there. Theo Walcott, yes, he's pacey, but I don't think he just gives you enough on that uh, right side. And there's really no one else. I think Ariad Mahrez would be sufficient on that right wing but it also begs the question how do two people in Mesut Ozil and Riyad Mahrez play together along in the midfield with absolutely no pace because Riyad Mahrez is not a he's not going to blaze you with this pace he's he's very Mesut Ozil like he's kind of more dribbling passing needs some needs space to do what he does best but he's not going to blaze up and down that wing, and he's not really going to give you much on the defensive end either. But I also do like what Arsenal has added in their back line. And um, I believe you say his name, Seed Kolasinac, but um, I like him. He comes by way of Germany. Uh, he is from Bosnia, I believe, and he's a very gritty defender, which is exactly what they need. If there's something that the Arsenal club has been lacking for quite some time now, it is some grit on the defensive end, a little bit of spine. And I think that would bode really, really well for them. But uh, you'll see in my final predictions what I think that means for Arsenal. 
the other top signings in the league that I really, really like are I really like Romelu Lukaku uh, from Manchester United. You have a whole lot of people that are trying to put this off that like Romelu can't do it for a big club or anything. Listen, this guy's one of the best strikers in the world. He just is. He's a tank. He is huge. He is pacey. He is powerful. He is prolific. And you have a bunch of people up here like acting like this guy isn't going to be able to do it at Manchester United. Manchester United is the sneaky team. I think they need maybe one, maybe two more signings. But I think they're a sneaky, sneaky team to watch. Uh, they just played yesterday in a friendly, a Manchester derby against Manchester City. And they thoroughly dominated Manchester City. They just did. They look really, really good. Jose Mourinho looks like he's going to execute uh, what he wanted to do and maybe bring Manchester United back to what many people think they should be. Uh, as for Manchester City, um, I think they overpaid for Kyle Walker. I'm not big on Kyle Walker. I'm just not. Uh, I think he couldn't even break into the last or to the first team for Tottenham in the last half of the year last year. So they bought essentially Tottenham's backup right back for. $50 million, which is really kind of crazy, but it's going to be interesting to me because Kyle Walker is a guy who he's all pace. He's all, um, he's all like physical attributes and how Pep really likes his right backs. He likes his right backs to kind of come in side and operate with the skill and the technical ability of essentially midfielders and create and kind of, uh, facilitate the link up play and initiate a lot of stuff and I just don't see that being Kyle Walker uh, a big complaint on him for Tottenham was the fact that his final ball wasn't good he's prolific I will give you that he is a he is a physical specimen but when it comes down to the things that Pep is going to want him to do I'm not for sure if he does those things well I just don't know and uh, Tottenham really hasn't made a whole lot of moves uh It'll be interesting to just see how they progress. Is, is this as good as Tottenham can get? Can can because this is I think the second year in a row they've become they've finished in second. Yes, it is the second year in a row that they finished in second. So, I, it is this as good as it gets for them? I mean, sooner or later the big dogs are going to come calling for guys like Harry Kane and guys like Deli Alley, and you know. I, I just don't know how long you're going to be able to keep this core together. So they're going to have to cash in and win something uh, sooner rather than later. And then the last team uh, is Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, if you would have talked to me two days ago, I would have had a completely different take on Chelsea. But now that it looks like they're going to sign Alvaro Morata from Real Madrid for like $90 million or something like that, uh, I think they're – I think they're the favorites. I think they got to be the favorites. Um, Morata has played for Conte before. He played with him in Juventus. He does everything that Conte is going to want his striker to do. He's going to want him to come back. He's going to want him to be able to play with the with his back to goal. He's going to want him to be able to link up play, and he's going to want him to be able to ultimately finish off goals both in the air and technically with his feet. And Morata checks all those boxes. I think Morata is one of the most underrated strikers in uh really the world but unfortunately last year he just played for a Real Madrid team that is loaded um but as for Liverpool 
I believe they've signed Dominic Solanke. He looks promising. I wonder what that means for someone like Daniel Sturridge. To me, they've got a back. They're backloaded on uh, forwards. I just really want to see like what they're going to do with Sturridge and Divac Origi and Roberto Firmino and all, all those guys. How's that going to work? They signed Mohamed Salah now. You know. How does that work? They've got uh, Sadio Mane. That's a bunch of forwards up there. And the one thing that Liverpool desperately needed, a left back, they didn't go get. They still didn't go get a left back. They're still going to have Jordan Henderson playing left back. And I just don't know how long you're going to be able to get away with that in the Premier League. But ultimately, come the end of the year, I think it's going to end with Manchester United. First in the Premier League. I think they win the Premier League. I think Manchester City comes in second. I think Arsenal comes in third. And I think Chelsea comes in fourth. Uh, I think Chelsea actually advances pretty far in Europe in the Champions League. And I think that ultimately takes a little bit out of their stock in uh, the league itself. But... Um, that's my prediction so far. So I guess we'll move on now to the Bundesliga, which I will admit it's the league that I know the least about. But um, Bayern obviously just keeps buying up everybody's best players. Um, I think it's going to be interesting, not just for this coming year, but from here on out, to see what RB Leipzig does. Essentially, how you have the Bundesliga designed is the Bundesliga is designed to foster the talent of the German national team. They put the players first very much. It's uh, not a whole lot about um, the club, per se. But RB Leipzig's kind of changing that. I mean, they have the money that could feasibly rival Bayern Munich. And um, it's going to be just really interesting to uh, see what happens. Uh, it. They've said that Naby Keita is not for sale, and then I see articles that he could be on his way to Liverpool should the price be met. Ultimately, I think he stays there. Uh, I really like Timo Werner there. I really like Emo Forsberg. Uh, I think that's a really talented team, and I believe they just uh, added a guy from, I wanted to say the Turkish League maybe, his name's like Bruma or some something like that, I, or Bruno. I'm not for sure which one, but he's a he's a Portuguese guy and he's uh, showing a whole lot of promise. So I, I think RB Leipzig's going to be interesting to watch. They still got to add more quality to be able to compete with the likes of Bayern Munich, but um, I like them. I'm an American, obviously, so I, I, you got to like uh, Borussia Dortmund with Christian Pulisic. And I saw them play in the preseason against Milan, man. And let me tell you what, the combination of Christian Pulisic on the left, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, playing striker, and uh, Wiesman Dembele on the right wing, man, they are fun to watch they are so extremely skilled so extremely pacey they're going to put all kinds of pressure on you if they're able to bring back uh, Mario Goltza Super Mario uh, along with some more guys in the midfield and kind of hopefully fix that defense uh, what it needs to be but uh, or what it needs to be uh, maybe they can push Bayern uh, I'm still picking Bayern to win the league uh, I, I think 
Dortmund will come in second, RB Leipzig third, and fourth. I'm going to go with someone kind of off the beaten path. I'm going to pick Schalke to come in fourth. Uh, I just like Schalke. I, I, I like I play with them a lot on FIFA. I like their. They don't have a whole lot of great players. I really like Leon Goretzka that plays for them, but um, I, I, I like their chemistry. I like how they play. Uh, they're just they're a solid team. That they they're a solid team, and I'm going to pick them to come in fourth. I think that fourth spot's really kind of up for grabs in the Bundesliga. But um, I'm really interesting to see the steps this year uh, in the Bundesliga that Christian Pulisic made because I think I think Pulisic is going to get a whole lot of time this year, even more than what he did last year. And call me crazy all you want, I, I think you either need to figure out a way to get both Pulisic, Dembele, and Marco Royce on the field at the same time somehow. Maybe play like um, maybe play like a four three one two. Or, or or a four two, no, not a four three one two, a four two three one. Yeah, that's what I meant. Four two three one, and put Royce as a cam up there. Put Pulisic on the left. Put uh, Wiesman Dembele on the right, and put Aubameyang up at striker. But I really think Pulisic and Aubame and Wiesman Dembele really need to be on the field at the same time or the pitch. Some people may get mad that it said field, so I, I guess I'll use the proper lingo, but. Ultimately, again, in the Bundesliga, what I have it coming in as is uh, Bayern first, Dortmund second, Leipzig third, uh, and Schalke fourth. But with that being said, we'll move on to the uh, Spanish league, which I think is about the probably the best league in the world. I, uh, a lot of people don't like that. I just I enjoy watching the Spanish league and the Bundesliga much more than the Premier League. But the Premier League is easier to get here in the States because it's just on a channel that's a little bit more accessible. But um, I really enjoy the build-up play. There's much more creativity. Um, And I just think there's... To me, it's more... it's more pleasing to the eye to watch. Uh, the Premier League is very kind of physical. There's a lot of long ball and kind of run that down stuff. And I just... I think it's a little bit more aesthetically pleasing, the La Liga and the Bundesliga. And even in some ways, Serie A with some teams. Uh, But Serie A is just so, it's more about the strategy of it than anything. But I'll get to the Serie A here in a second. But uh, with that being said, I think Real Madrid tops the league again. I just, you look at their squad, man, and they added Theo Hernandez, uh, and I, I believe they sold Danilo. Yeah, they sold Danilo, I believe, to Juventus. But you just look at their B team, man, and their B team is stacked. I mean, you've got guys like like Gareth Bell could be on their B team. To me, I think Real Madrid's better with Isco playing up front. I think Isco plays more for others and therefore sets the other people up up top a little bit better but I will give you that Gareth Bell is a whole lot more prolific his pacey he's powerful the issue is can he stay healthy I mean he's been hurt the past two years and it's really seen a dip in his production so he has a whole lot to prove this year um Barcelona uh I'm kind of up in the air with Barcelona I kind of feel like I don't know. They really haven't addressed the needs that they really need to. Uh, they brought in Nelson Semedo, 
from Benfica, but I'm not for sure if he steps in and plays there. Like, I would have thought that they would show more interest in like a young midfielder. Uh, to me, a perfect midfielder for them to look at would be uh, Fabinho from AS Monaco. I love Fabinho. So many people are much more on Bakayoko from AS Monaco instead of Fabinho. I like Fabinho more. To me, he's a little bit more versatile. Uh, the quality of balls he provides, he you know he can play right back, he can play CDM, he can play center mid, he could probably play Cam if you really had to have him there. But uh, like he's young, he's twenty years old, showing a lot of promise. I just don't understand why Barcelona hasn't kind of swooped in and tried to get him after things kind of fell through with uh, Verratti from PSG. But you know the big news now is you know is Neymar going to stay at Barcelona? And, me personally, I'm a big, big Neymar fan. I'd like to see him move on. Uh, they just signed Messi to another extension. They recently signed um, what's an Suarez to another extension. Neymar is still not going to be that guy for Barcelona for quite a few more years. He's 24 years old, so he's just now starting to step into those big-time prime years of his career. And I think he is deserving of having a team like PSG built around him where he can really start to make his big push for this conversation for the Ballon d'Or. Um, I just really like Neymar. I would love to see him at PSG. I think it would be really interesting. PSG has a long history of uh, Brazilians in that team. That's the whole reason why they have that yellow away jersey this year that I really like. Um, one of his mentors, Maxwell, is like uh, vice president of operations for PSG. You already have guys like Thiago Silva. You have Marquinhos there. You have Danny Alves is there now. You have Lucas Mora who is still there. I mean, you, you got a lot of reasons for Neymar to ponder that and of course the most important thing is that Barcelona has the money to go get him I mean they can activate that 230 million dollars with ease and, and then pay him even more so but ultimately I think Barcelona is settles for another year in second in the league uh, followed by Atletico Madrid. I think Atletico Madrid, they're going to be very respectable, but they just don't quite have the firepower to supplant Barcelona or Real Madrid. And then that fourth spot is really kind of, like a lot of leagues, kind of thrown thrown up between all the rest. I like Villarreal. I know Villarreal lost um, Musaccio, their center back, but Villarreal for the past four years has had the best defensive team in La Liga. And I think that's finally going to pay off. I think Villarreal is going to surpass Sevilla and take that fourth spot in there. But it's going to be a battle. It should be a very interesting year. Something I don't think La Liga gets credit for is, you know, a lot of people like to act like there's not as much depth in La Liga as there is in the Premier League. And I just, I totally agree, disagree with that. I mean, you have Real Madrid, you have Barcelona, you have Atletico Madrid that are, you know, of top, top level teams. But Sevilla is very, very solid. Villarreal, very, very solid. Real Sociedad is very, very solid. Uh, I like some a lot of the players on Athletic Bilbao. One of my favorite players, Inaki Williams, plays for Athletic Bilbao. I really like him. Espanol last year beat Barcelona. Alaves beat Barcelona last year. So, like, there's nowhere near. And, and, if, and if Valencia could just get their shit together, man, there are 
seven, eight teams in La Liga that are very, very solid teams. Uh, and I would argue that, you know, you put, you know, Athletic Bilbao or Real Sociedad or Villarreal or Sevilla up against teams like Everton, Southampton, Bournemouth, uh, Arsenal, Liverpool. I, I think I think they play right with them, and, and I just think they're more technically sound. To me, the Spanish league is the most technically sound league in the world. It just is. And um, the whole reason why the Premier League has to make their claim for being the most physical is because they know they don't have the technical side of the ball. But I guess that's kind of it for the uh, La Liga and moving on to what I think is going to be the most interesting uh, league this year will be Serie A, um, the Italian league, which I just love. I love the passion of the fans in the Italian league. I think it's very underrated, but um, the interesting thing, I don't think anyone, you know, beats Juventus, although you've got some massive questions with that Juventus team between Allegri and, like, what's going on with the players. Because they just sold that they, they, they told Danny Alves, get out. And then they told Bonucci, get out. I don't get that. Like, I, I just don't. Uh, I mean, I get it if maybe – you know, they're button heads with people and stuff. But to tell somebody like Bonucci, who is arguably one of the best, if not the best player on Juventus or defender in the world, that's just kind of mind-blowing to me. But to me, the team to watch out for in Serie A, it's another one of my teams, I'll admit, is uh, AC Milan. Made a lot of moves this year. Got new backing with the Chinese ownership. They brought in guys from uh, Atalanta and uh, Andrea Conti, as well as Frank uh, Frank Yannick Kessi. Uh, I think both of those are going to be youngsters that are going to really emerge into their own next year. I, I think Conti was probably maybe, I think you could make an argument that he was one of the best right backs in Serie A last year. Um, I mean, Danny Alves is better, but I, I mean, who, who else are you taking? over him um i mean I, you had the one guy i what i can't remember his name i think he was the right back for like roma that he like broke his leg or something so he got hurt but i think conte is a guy to kind of keep your eye on milan also went and bought out uh, andre silva uh the striker from fc porto you also have uh who else did they go by that of course they bought Bonucci. they bought musacchio from the argentine center back from villarreal um, he showed uh, he had a nasty move against Dortmund uh, on the ball. He just made uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was uh, coming. He, he tried to close down on him, and man, he made him look silly. And then Christian Pulisic dove in, and he made him look silly as well. So um, he, he's really, really gifted. An issue with him is injury, but hopefully he stays healthy. And then um, you also have who else did they bring in? Um, I'm not even going to mention Barini because that's the only one I don't understand is bringing him in. And they also get uh, Giacomo Bonaventura uh, coming back from injury, which I think is really, really important there. And um, they really need to sign another forward. Who that forward's going to be, I don't know. They were in for um, they were in for Morata, didn't pan out. They were in for Obama Yang, too much money. They're trying to negotiate with Bellotti from Torino. Uh, Torino's just asking too much more money. It'll be interesting to see, you know, as the window tightens down and, you know, because Bellotti has been pretty advocate, he 
pretty adamant that, you know, he's a big Rossoneri fan. He likes Milan. Um, it'll be interesting to see as the window tightens down. You never want a player on your team who doesn't want to be there. So it'll be interesting to see if that price comes down to facilitate a move of Bolatti there. But even if even if that doesn't work, uh, they've got some options out there. Maybe you look at I know I know that Atletico Madrid want Diego Costa back, but they have the transfer ban. So maybe you look at taking a Diego Costa until January, and then after January you go and you make a play for maybe Zlat- to bring Zlatan Ibrahimovic back. That you, you maybe have to get creative here. You also have the striker from uh, Fiorentina, the uh, Kalinic, I believe is his name. Uh, who's a he's a solid option, but he's not exactly going to blow people, you know, off the. Uh, blow people out of the water with his abilities, but th- they need someone else in the attack. Uh, they bring back Suso. Uh, I-, I think they'll be very, very solid. And what I think they've effectively done is they have taken the key is in 2000, this coming year in 2017, 2018 is um, all four top leagues, including the Serie A get bona fide spots in the champions league, uh, group round for the teams that place one through four and that's the key for Milan is getting in one of those um getting in one of those spots or uh, maybe take the road traveled by Manchester United and try and win the Europa League uh one of the two but they uh, they took Luke they took uh the captain of Lazio uh, who finished above them in fifth this year? They took Lucas Biglia away from him. Them. They took Andrea Conti and Frank Yannick Kessi away from Atalanta. So, what's going to happen with uh, Inter? You know, I really don't know. They're going to sell Perisic. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen there. But I think it's very feasible for Milan to move up into a top four position and start making a push to becoming what we all were used to in the early 2000s of AC Milan being. But um, ultimately, I think it um, I think it finishes very similar to this year, I, this past year. I would flip Napoli and Roma, so I'm gonna go Juventus one, Napoli two, Roma three, and AC Milan four. Ultimately, so those are my predictions for the four top leagues. Uh, I'm gonna also make a prediction for the uh, Champions League. Uh, I think we have history again, and Real Madrid wins the Champions League for a third year with one caveat, one caveat. If Bayern Munich can sign a couple more kind of youthful guys to help them out, I think Bayern Munich can really, really challenge them. I think Bayern has the bit because Bayern, remember, has James Rodriguez now on loan. And you could potentially have, you know, a front three or four that consists of, James Rodriguez, Robert Lewandowski, maybe a Thomas Muller or uh, someone out there on the right. Like a, I, I just don't know if Ribery and um, oh my gosh, the guy from Netherlands. I can't remember what his name is. Left foot. If you know soccer, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Aryan Robin. There we go. Or Robin. I don't know if they can stay healthy enough, and I don't know if like someone like Kingsley Coman is good enough to kind of. Fill that void. So, you know, they're they're gonna they have some issues 
in and of themselves that they're going to have to address. But I think Bayern is the closest team to really kind of push them uh, in a way that would challenge Real Madrid. But right now, I think we're in an era right now where as far as the entirety of Europe goes, Real Madrid's just in the driver's seat. They just are. And especially, you know, if they if they pull off and sign um, Kylian Mbappe uh, from Monaco, man, they also have spent the $45 million to go on and sign uh, Vinicius Jr., who isn't playing in Brazil, but upon turning 18 will join them. He's highly being regarded as a, the next Neymar. Yeah, they're just loaded. They've got Marco Asensio. They've got Isco. They've got Kovacic. They've got uh, Luka Modric. They've got Casemiro. They've got, I, I mean, Varane. It's just nuts, everything that they have up there. And uh, with Real, with Ronaldo, you know, kind of evolving his game to where he can get more and more out of his game. He, he's, he's no longer going to blaze you uh up and down the wing with all the trickery and all the step overs, but he's turned into a nice kind of number nine up front that can finish clinically just from anywhere. And I think that really suits him just because he's so great in the air. He's so technically sound. He's such a great finisher. I think it's going to ultimately result in him getting more years out of his career there at Real Madrid. But um, with that being said, that's going to conclude this episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. I know not everyone's the biggest soccer fans, but again, it's something I'm very, very passionate about. I love the sport and I highly encourage you, you know, try and watch it. If you want this year, pick a team, pick a league, try and pay attention to it. Uh, if you have like a TV subscription with like direct TV or something that has the sec network on it, you get the channels that you'll need to get to get these leagues. Um, the Premier League comes on NBC Sports SN, and uh, the Spanish League and the Italian League come on BN Sports, and then the Bundesliga comes on Fox Sports 1. So you'll get all the channels. It's just a matter of watching the games. You do got to kind of get up on Saturday kind of early, but once you get used to it, it's not that bad. But um, it's the world's most popular sport. To me, there, it's, there's a passion there and a fervor for the sport that is just unlike anything we have here in the United States. And uh, it's thoroughly captivated me the past couple years. And I don't regret giving the sport a chance. And I would just highly encourage that if, if you're up for it, give it the chance I gave it. I don't think you'll regret it. With that being said, I want to thank you for joining me here on the Ginger and Juice Sports Minute. And I will see you later.